1: 4227 send those tweets and the hot takes at ken Carmen c-a-r-m-a-n 40 minutes from now bill bender 20 minutes from now the top five i am nervous pierno are you ready to deliver the top five
2: yeah you should be nervous you know because i was thinking about taking it easy on you this week but i'm like nah let's just keep it up let's make it difficult again so the top five ken you know okay, something- so what
1: happened earlier today I'll, I'll say this i heard he and robin talking about the new batman I go hey just so you know I already did my top 5 Batmans earlier this week. And I snapped. And he, he, yeah, I you got some sort of an attitude on you and I'm just trying to give you a heads up going hey, I'm just letting you know and you got upset with me.
2: So yeah, because I, you do like you do a whole bunch of these like every day the oh, top 5s on on know, just Twitter. I'm telling you like I'm not going to keep track here right, 10 just, of the top 5s.
1: Okay, just because again, just because you live with a burr on the side of your ass doesn't mean you have to take it out on me, You okay? get
2: you get what I give you every week here
1: then it's usually poor go ahead let's get it come on
2: so you know uh MTV for some reason tomorrow night they're hosting the V uh VMAs the video music awards uh in okay. New York City so I'm looking for the top five VMA performances
1: I don't know that you're gonna pick another one I don't know it no do another I don't, I've never, I've I haven't watched the VMAs in my life. You've never watched the Video Music I, no, Awards. I'm not into award shows. Like I, I watch a little bit of the Oscars because of Liz, and that's it. I'm not. You think I'm sitting there going to watch a Grammys? You think I'm gonna watch a Country Music Awards? What's the last? Wh- who's the latest artist I like in country music? Sturgill Simpson. Who else? That's it. There's like, a, there's like two other people that I could probably like. The rest, they all look the same. They all look like Kevin Love with a scarf. That's all they look like. It's the same guy. Every now and then they get a guy who's a little bit hefty. I'm serious. Google it. Google country music star. You guys will all see. They're the same guy anymore. Same distressed jeans, same flannel shirt, same 5 o'clock shadow, same style of hair, same sunglasses. Boom, put them out there on stage. There you go. You got a hit record. It's all the same. There's nothing that's different. And I I think you could probably look back at me and go, okay, Ken, well, what's the difference between Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash? About a fifth of vodka? Okay, fine, maybe. Okay, I get that. But I like that era of music. I like those musicians. So you ain't going to give me VMAs. You better come up with something fresh there, bud.
2: No, you have to do the VMAs. You could look it up. I'm not
1: doing the VMAs. No, I'm not looking it up because I don't know. So you better pick something here real quick. What else do you have for me, Pierno? I'm putting you on the spot. The VMAs, I, I cannot pick a top five of something I've never seen.
2: Well, that's ridiculous. But, uh, I, it's not I,
1: ridiculous. I haven't seen it. How, how would you've I know? never
2: seen the Video Music Awards I in your life? I told you
1: this. We're, now we're going in a circle. I've told you. I've never i right, right. oh, Choice Awards. I've, right. never seen right. the awards. Right, okay. I've never seen the Country Music Awards. I've never good, seen good, the Tonys. I've never seen the Grammys. Good. I've never seen the Oscars. All I've never I seen the Daytime Emmys or the regular Emmys.
2: All right, and this and by the way, next time you look it up, this is the last time I'm doing
1: this. I've so never seen you, the SAG Awards.
2: You you accept the topic next time, or we don't do it for this particular show.
1: Oh, laying the law down, are we? Come on, Pirano, let's go. Give me another one. Let's go. All
2: right, so Macaulay Culkin had a funny tweet. Uh, he, he said, uh, um, "You want to feel old? I'm 40. So you can get the top five Macaulay Culkin movies."
1: Top five Macaulay Culkin. Now we're, now you know what? Yeah, now we're great. cooking yeah, with yeah, gas, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you can always pick a different one and put me on the spot. It was a good one. That's a good one. I, I'm telling you, all right, Home Alone ain't number one. Home Alone is not number one. 855 212 CBS. Well, Home Alone might end up being number one. We'll see. 20 minutes from now. Big Ten's going to get sued. They're getting sued right now. I I saw a tweet yesterday. Pierno, should I mention this? Because I don't want to sound like I'm ripping this person.
2: Who cares? Rip them.
1: You want me to rip the person?
2: Yeah, I'll make it entertaining right
1: right I don't want to rip the person. I don't want to. Okay, fine. So I saw Nicole Auerbeck a couple of almost a day ago, about 22 hours ago. This is nothing against her. I'm not even ripping her. She had tweeted 23 hours ago, hey, she can confirm by a previous report that the Big Ten's possibly looking at starting the season the weekend after Thanksgiving, per their source. But just a possibility at this point, January-ish still the focus for now. And then a little bit later, she said, a reminder via source, Big Ten. Now, this is, again, I shouldn't rip her. I should rip the source. There we go. I'm not ripping her. I'm sure she's a great reporter. The source says, Big Ten presidents were the ones who made the decision to postpone the season. They have made it clear it's a final decision. Coaches were not tasked with the restarting the season at their own discretion. Boom, not roasting her, roasting the source. There we go. Of course the coaches weren't tasked with restarting the season. What else is a coach supposed to do, though? What the hell is PJ Flex supposed to do in Minnesota? You got hey, you guys can't have a season. Everybody else in the country can have a season from what it looks like. You guys and a couple of mid-majors, and basically everybody west except for BYU. There's a lot of you not having a season. Everybody else can have a season. Oh, by the way, the NCAA, they're not going to have any transfer problems at all. You can just go transfer and play at those schools. Good luck. Good luck. But you guys can still practice because that's what they're looking for, especially in a place – I mean, let's, let's look at the tippy top. Guys who might go to Minnesota, they may stay. Minnesota had a great season last year, but is a mid-tier – maybe every now and then, like we see a little higher than mid-tier school. Let's get the Blue Bloods out, shall we? Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State – I like to throw Michigan State in there, but we all know, maybe a little bit of Wisconsin. But let me stick with the two top over the last five, six years. Let me go Ohio State and Penn State. What is James Franklin and Ryan Day supposed to do? Sit on their ass and take it? Is that what they're supposed to do? Hey, I know that you you have given part of your lives on a very short lifetime. You've given a big portion of that where you are going to be as physically gifted as you've ever been, where you're going to be having as much fun as you've ever had or hopefully having as much fun where the world is truly your oyster because they may go off and they make NFL, they may make NFL money, but then they'll have responsibilities and they'll find out that the NFL is really a place where you don't have any friends and it's really just a vicious, cold business. But they don't know any of that right now. They all believe that they're going to the NFL and they can all have fun. The players can have fun and they're having fun here. And then you're telling them that they can't play football. Meanwhile, the SEC, they got a fork, they got a knife, they got the handkerchief and the shirt and they are ready to feast on their players Ryan Day and James Franklin are supposed to go well you know guys we we did what we could hell no they're not supposed to do that I'm glad the source told her correctly because I've been trying to yell it to Big Ten fans over the last two weeks and none of them want to listen to me I mean you can rip Kevin Warren all you want go ahead fine yeah that's his job that's his job as commissioner is to be ripped But if you really want to rip anybody, you really want to go at anybody, go at the university presidents. They're the ones who make the decision. A commissioner is nothing but a puppet that does the bidding of what his bosses tell him to do or she tells them to do. Doesn't matter. That's all they are. Roger Goodell, we got all bent out of shape with Roger Goodell. Why are we getting all bent out of shape with Roger Goodell? He's not making these decisions. The owners are making these decisions. You're mad because your player can't play because he likes to smoke a little weed 10 years ago? Well, guess what? It's the owner, the 90-something-year-old owner who grew up in the 40s that, oh, my God, the devil's lettuce. She can't have any of that. That's the person making the decision. The billionaires, the owners, the presidents of the universities are making these decisions. And they're paying guys like Kevin Warren and Mark Emmert and, and Roger Goodell and Adam Silver and Gary Bettman and certainly Rob Manfred a boatload of money so you get mad at them and not the owners and not the university presidents. This isn't hard. Go to Bloomington if you're going to have a demonstration. Go to Columbus if you're going to have a de- demonstration. Ann Arbor, where, Madison, wherever. Happy Valley, that's where you go. Sean Wade's dad, guy's a nice guy, and I know he has the best thing at heart. Why are you going to the Big Ten offices? Go to Columbus. Go right outside of Christina Johnson's house. Go ahead and sit out there in the driveway and tell her that you and your son want a season if you're going to try to make that difference. And then with this story that comes out, it's just nonsensical. Now, sometimes I act enraged. And some people think I'm, getting, I'm acting enraged because I can just talk fast enough where I might not know what I'm talking about. Guess what? I still don't know if I'm talking about anything, and I'll speak as slowly as I possibly can because let me get this straight. About less than a month ago, you said that you couldn't have college football. You said that the science said you wouldn't allow it. Now, you didn't tell us about the science. Again, let me speak quietly or let me speak lowly and slowly so we can all get this out there. And, Pirno, if you see me trip up by any means, please go ahead and put me down on it. You told me about a month ago, or even less, that the science stops you from playing. You can play in January, but the science stops you from playing now. Okay. All right. You wouldn't show us the science. Pac-12 at least tried to show you the science. All right. But you wouldn't show us. And then you said that there was a heart condition. And then I talked to people from the Cleveland Clinic, and this is a hand-to-God truth here. I talked to people from the Cleveland Clinic. I talked to doctors from the Cleveland Clinic personally. I talked to people from the Altman Healthcare System down in, down in Stark County, Ohio, because I'm from northeast Ohio. And both, on the condition of anonymity, anonymity said, Ken, this is something that athletes are going to pro- maybe have anyway. They, they work past the point of just zero to work out, to stay in good shape, to have a better life. They work for optimum level of performance. There will be instances of an enlarged heart. It's, it's bound to happen. You're putting yourself through an abnormal amount of stress than what the normal person works out in. So they're bound to have an enlarged heart. Or, or some people are bound to have an enlarged heart. This is not new. Then I thought, okay. Let me talk to some of my lawyer friends around Northeast Ohio. We got great law schools around here, and each one of them to a person, men and women, both said, well, yeah, but if I find out that I might have gotten this enlarged heart, this my endocarnitis through during that time while I was at Ohio State or Michigan or Michigan State, can I connect that to the possibilities of playing for the coronavirus during the coronavirus pandemic? And can, can I or can I not have a lawsuit on my hands against that member institution that knew and let me play anyway? You can sue over anything, so yes. Could there be a class action suit? Because obviously an Ohio State athlete wouldn't be the only one to do it. There would be Michigan State and Penn State and everybody else in the Big Ten. You can count to 14 just like I can, so I don't know why I have to list them all off. And there might be a great big class action suit. Oh, I don't know. Kind of like there was in the last decade with CTE. But now you're being sued now, and some people, well, you know, maybe they're a little bit worried about that lawsuit. They could be very well worried about that lawsuit. But if you can play, and this is where you got to explain the science. I'm going to speak slowly here. I don't want to be sounding so agitated where I just cover up facts. If you can play on the day after Thanksgiving or the week after Thanksgiving, you can't play in October? Is there a study that says, now I know that they're working on a vaccine at Oxford. Is there a study that says that this thing's all going to be done... Oh, boy, I just remembered there's going to be a lot of people getting in with the hot political election takes. I shouldn't even have said it. But you know what? What the hell? Is there a study that's going to say that the virus is going to be over in November? Save your jokes. Don't even bother calling in. Is there a study that says it's going to be done in January? So if you're willing to play on Thanksgiving or the week after Thanksgiving, you're not willing to play in October. The only other facet that I can see out of this is that, well, at that time after Thanksgiving, then students will be off the campus. So then they can do what? They can save their money. They can get their money from ap- academics. Make their money from academics. Because as much as athletics mean to us, mean to a school, it doesn't mean anything compared to the academic programs and students and their and their payment on on their tuition to live at the school and, and for room and board and the huge markup on books and the classes in person and everything else. So you get your money back from there, and I don't know, you might be able to honor a TV contract. Now, you can't go play in a national championship more than likely. Can't go play in a playoff unless... I don't know, maybe a school like Ohio State goes 4-0 and the college football committee goes, you know what, I know that we've had rules established in the past, but this is a different year, and we're going to go ahead and throw Ohio State as the number four seed. Now, I might kind of like that because I'd like to see just everybody go nuts at each other, and I promise you to my children, I am not an Ohio State fan. I would like to see something like that because I enjoy chaos and I'm a nut job. This is nonsensical. The only reason I can see is is keeping kids on campus to make sure that you can get their money and then you send them home and then are you going to not start a, a, a spring semester? I don't fault them for going back to Thanksgiving if they can go back to Thanksgiving. But it does prove that you made this decision too quickly. You made this decision too heavy-handed. We don't know if there was indeed or whether there wasn't a vote. We assume there was a vote of the presidents or the presidents mutually agreed to not have a college football season in the Big Ten. At least the Pac-12 tried to give me numbers. You didn't give me anything on science. Folks, none of what you do adds up. And so now, if you're going to even go around and goof off and act like you want to go back to Thanksgiving, I hope you lose athletes. You know what? If, 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 If Christina Johnson is a part of this and the Penn State president is a part of this or Chancellor is a part of this and Michigan and Michigan State, I hope you guys lose athletes then. Because if you're going to goof around and mess with somebody's future and mess with somebody's life, if you're going to do that even more than what a, what a national, excuse me, global pandemic can do, then I hope you lose athletes. I hope this comes back on you tenfold. To say that you can play in January in, in weird domed locations because Syracuse, New York is the heart of the Big Ten or, or St. Louis, Missouri – to say you'll play in dome C- dome areas in, the- in January when we know you're not going to play in the spring. We know you're not going to be able to play in January. You can wish in one hand and something else in the other, and we'll see which one gets filled up first. And now you're willing to go back to Thanksgiving? I kind of hope that a lot of athletes go, you know what? Dust my hands off this. We've got a few weeks until the other season starts. Let's see if I can get in an NSCC or Big 12 or ACC school. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Bill Bender coming up at eleven forty a.m. Eastern. Up next, the top five Macaulay Culkin movies, given to me by Anthony Pirino. It's a tour de force. Next on CBS Sports Radio.
0: You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.
1: Eight five five two one two four CBS. Are you ready, Pirino, for top five? I guess so. I wrote my. What do you mean? You guess so? You're the one who came up with it.
2: Yeah, you put me in a bad mood.
1: Pure it's not my fault. You put me in an, uh, an untenable position. I didn't know. I know. I'm, any I'm of just. Those. I'm just being honest. Okay. Well, you know, I like you know, to be open. Well, hopefully you'll be in a better mood later. I'm 450 miles away from you. I can't even buy you a drink. Are they allowed to drink in New York again, or how's that working there?
2: On the outside.
1: Oh, okay. Well, at least, at least prohibition's over. All right, you got your top five. What's this music from, by the way? Is this what wow. I think it is?
2: Well, uh, uh, take a guess. Let me hear it. What do you, who, who do you think it is?
1: I I can't put a thumb on it.
2: It's uh, Kenny Omega's theme uh, from New Japan.
1: I know I've heard that before. Thank you very much. I'm not a big fan of him. But I knew I heard that before.
2: He's overrated, but...
1: Yeah, he is, but well, you better be careful. We'll get a lot of people in on that. Um, all right, you ready for your top five favorite Macaulay Culkin movies? He's forty. Happy birthday to him.
2: He is forty. he that was a uh, that was a funny tweet that he had this week. So it is. It was a funny tweet. It is true. It does make everybody feel old that Macaulay Culkin is now forty? <laughs> He's older
1: than me. I don't care. All uh, right. So
2: old. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, number uh, five here. I'll go with My Girl. Uh, great cast. <laughs> Uh, heartbreaking ending, really sad. Uh, but it was just, uh, it was cool to see, like, a different side to Macaulay Culkin, just because I think we we're all used to seeing him being, like, this little kid, wise beyond his years. And, uh, it was just, you know, we saw him, like, vulnerable here. He was just a regular kid, so it was just, uh, different to see Macaulay Culkin in this situation. So, uh, my girl. Uh, then I'll go, um, uh, with, uh, Pagemaster, uh, who's transformed the, the Animation and he uh, battles through classic stories. Uh, number three, Saved uh, Mandy Moore, of course, uh, good movie deals with a lot of like tough issues like faith and disability and teen pregnancy, and it really wow. deals with everything in, in a uh, wow, in a respectful way, a tasteful way. So okay. a lot of heavy topics, and uh, McColly Calkin does a very good job in it. Saved uh, number two, Party Monster. Uh, Seth Green's also in this. Wow. Uh, Seth Green gives wow. a really uh, great performance. Uh, <laughs> a... Okay, well, you're really uh, going crazy. Wow, with
1: this. I didn't think you'd put that in your top five. Saved? No, you said Party Monster. Yeah, that's an... yeah. I didn't know that'd be in your top five.
2: Well, again, very entertaining. Uh, wow. it, it's interestingly shot, uh, okay. this movie, so. Uh, and then, uh, and then Home Alone. I have to go with Home Alone as uh, number one. I mean, it's a I classic. Thought,
1: I thought I would blow your doors off. Party Monster is number four on my list, and I know it's campy and it's not fun. It is not a fun movie. No, and I've only seen it once. Uh, it's still I I still thought he was good in it. I I put that at number four. Number five for me was Home Alone two. That was number five, and it's because I just think the movies ahead of it are are, are better. And I like Home Alone too, and it's part of my giant theory that I have every Christmas about Home Alone and, and Uncle Frank and the whole thing about his dad being in the mob and how I did a, a, a scene-by-scene breakdown of that movie, of both movies, really, because of Uncle Frank. Because I think, basically, I think it is John Hughes's version of The Godfather. I think it's his own version of The Godfather. I really do. No reaction from you on that.
2: Nothing. I've I, I've heard uh, I've heard your Home Alone uh, okay. the mob uh, a couple of times.
1: So that's number five. I didn't know that. Number five is Home Alone two. Number four is Party Monster. Number three, The Good Son. Now I saw The Good Son as a kid. I should not have been subject to The Good Son as a kid. What year did The Good Son come out?
2: Ninety four.
1: Yeah, I was eight years old when that movie came out. My remember my mom getting that and watching that. So I had to watch that. What early? Probably 95
2: when that came out on VHS. I've only seen it once. It was such a long time ago.
1: Yeah, man. Oh, boy. I saw it when I was a kid, and then I saw it later in college, and it is. I know some people, it was criticized. Some people said it wasn't as good as what it could have been because it's got McCullough Culkin. He's doing a heel turn in this movie. Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, who's, who's a good actor. Yeah, you would think that there would be a lot there that, people could go off of and say yeah this is going to go in a this is going to go in a great crazy direction I still thought it was a tough movie I still thought it was pretty nerve-wracking and I when I saw it when I was eight I was terrified because I was used to McCully Culkin being a good kid and then when he's throwing dummies off the bridge and getting people in wrecks that was scary when he, I think he would did he throw one of the girls in the ice like the thin ice and tried to kill her like that was terrifying everything else oh boy uh, but I put him. In, I put that one at number three. Number two, I put Home Alone. Home Alone is is one of my favorite movies, but it's not his best movie because I still think there's a better one. But Home Alone goes without saying. He's fantastic in it. I, again, I still think that this was a mob hit because if they're just regular cat burglars, there's you have to you have to look at each other and say, Marv, Harry, we're chasing after an eight-year-old kid. This is a lot more than just going to jail for for breaking into people's houses. I know it was the 90s, and things are different now. I think you have to look at each other and go, we are trying to kidnap an 8-year-old. You understand we're going to go to prison for life if we get this. We need to turn around and get out of here. That's why I think it was a mob hit. And I think that Uncle Frank orchestrated the whole thing. That coming up later on in the year. But Home Alone is number two. Number one, and it's just because I'm such a sucker for him, he (sighs) – John Candy, Uncle Buck, number one, baby, with a bullet. He's, he's, he's a supporting character in Uncle Buck. I know. And maybe I cheated a little bit, but I love Uncle Buck. Come on. You know who doesn't like Uncle Buck? Who my doesn't wife. love Uncle my Buck? Wife, my wife hates Uncle Buck. Why? <laughs> she just thinks the movie sucks, and I can't believe it. Lori Metcalf is a stone-cold fox in that movie. Like, the whole thing, like I always – I mean, can we be honest here? I'm kind of like, why don't you just go to Lori Metcalf? Amy Madigan seems to be busting your stones a little bit too much. You know what I mean? The the wife from Field of Dreams just seems to be a little bit too overbearing. And now, for, for I will say, her boyfriend's a deadbeat who won't get away from the track fixing racehorses, <laughs> so I guess, you know, I got to see it her way a little bit there. But I'm going, man, Buck, just go across the street to Lori's house, and then all of a sudden you're fine. You're living across the street from your brother. You get to see your your your, your nephew and your niece every day. You're living an honest life in the suburbs of Chicago. Everything's going well, babe. Everything's going great. You get what I'm saying there? Do you get what I'm saying there, Pierno?
2: I get what you're saying. John Hughes directed it.
1: Yes. I just I love Uncle Buck. It's It's the best. Yeah, Gabby Hoffman's whatever. Uh, Jean-Louise Kelly's whatever. I think it's Jean-Louise Kelly, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, But, I mean, come on. No one beats John Candy. John Candy's probably one of my favorite actors ever. You got to do top five actors someday. John Candy might be up there. Everything the guy touched. I don't care. You say whatever you want to about some of the movies that started to fail when he was doing Western, w- Wagons East, but I don't need to hear it. All right, that's top five. Home Alone 2, Party Monster, The Good Son, Home Alone, the, re- the original, Uncle Buck number one. Coming up next, Bill Bender. We'll talk college football with him. We'll talk Big Ten with him. There is college football tonight. That's right. The college football season set to kick off tonight. We'll talk to Bill Bender about all of that. And, yes, whether or not they can really start a season the day after or the week after Thanksgiving in the Big Ten.
0: You're listening to Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio.
1: 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, and it's brought to you by the fine folks at Geico, my friend offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Visit Geico.com to learn more. Coming up in just about an hour, BJ Armstrong will join us. Folks, we have college football tonight. We have NCAA college football tonight. It starts. To talk about all of it, we welcome in Bill Bender, Sporting News. Follow him on Twitter at BillBender92, National College Football Writer for the Sporting News. Who do you have? Do you have Austin Pay or do you have uh, Central Arkansas tonight, 9 p.m.? What do you got? I'll pop
3: it on, Ken. And more importantly, we had Fisher Catholic football last
1: night, Pickerington Central football tomorrow.
3: So uh, I'm happy. I'm going to watch football tonight with Central Arkansas. I'm going to watch Pickerington North and Pickerington Central on ESPN2 tomorrow. And uh, that's look at pretty you. cool, isn't it, that they're getting that spotlight. Um, I know you like this. I, I will say this about you, Ken. Your top five lists have literally kept me going during the quarantine. I look forward to them every day.
1: I'm getting rid of them after football season starts. Well, I, I think I'm going to get rid of them after the NFL.
3: That, that's People, fair, but I, I mean, I very much enjoy them. I wanted to, I've stolen a couple just on text threads with my friends, yes, and yes. Uh, we, we we've had a lot of fun with those. So, but I know you didn't uh, have me come up and talk about that. I am, but tonight I'll watch. Won't you? You'll watch a little bit just to see what's
1: going on. Yeah, I'll be watching NASCAR to lead up to it, but yeah, I'm going to flip over and see it because you know you got you got day, uh, Daytona tonight, last one to get into the playoffs. So I'm going to be watching that tonight. So, I, you know, I got yeah, a lot of sports and, I got to
3: watch.
1: Think we need it to work.
3: We need it to work because.
1: Yes, we do. We
3: need it to work next week when they have the soft opening. I know Labor Day weekend for me is typically that it's go time week. It's you really get locked in at work. I, but I tell you what, Ken, I looked at the schedule last week and you look at it and you're like, well, the best we can do on Labor Day is BYU Navy. And that's no insult to either program. I'll watch that game and enjoy it because uh, Navy's got a good program, BYU's got a good quarterback. But that's normally that weekend where you got, you know, six, seven just heavy hitter non-conference matchups.
1: Well, hopefully next year we can have six or seven heavy hitter non-conference matchups. I, you know, I, I I always take it this way, and I I know that people go after the media, and there's even been times we're out of frustration, and I'm I'm glad I haven't been out loud with it because I'm like, you got to calm down. These are these people's livelihoods. They don't want there to not be sports. There have been right. times like, man, some of you guys are just so damn doom and gloom about all this. There might be a possibility we can have sports. Well, hopefully by next year we'll all be fine, and or we won't be fine-fine, you know what I'm saying, but things will be a lot better, and, and we can enjoy these type of things again, and hopefully with a lot of fans. And so I've taken it to the the maximum of Major League Two and Rube Baker. It's better to eat bleep than not eat at all. So fine, I'm going to watch and not to say that this game tonight's bleep, but I'm going to watch it tonight, and I'm going to be watching coming up on Thursday, and certainly... Uh, next Saturday as well, Bill. It brings me to this, because you just mentioned it. Well, gosh, we're, this would be six or seven heavy non-hit or heavy hitters for non-conference games. There would be. There's still going to be college football coming up in the soft opening here. And now we hear yesterday there are some rumblings about the Big Ten and possibly playing what the week after Thanksgiving. So, one, how true? conversations too how likely is this to happen um i
3: can solve the big 10 problem in 15 seconds for you they
1: they should apologize say that
3: well not apologize just say they were wrong start the season on october 3rd get the playoff rankings to push back a week and get ohio state in the playoffs. that that's your plan use the same schedule you already have i I get it. if they want to try on Thanksgiving weekend, that's fine, but it's not going to be lined wow. up with the playoff. I guess that's my biggest issue with it.
1: They're still practicing. So it, it, I, I think you could probably play if you wanted to, right, on October 3rd. This is amazing. I, I did not expect to get that answer from you, Bill, so I'm like I'm a little bit in shock here because my first thought when I when I saw this and I brought this up at 11 o'clock when we got into it, I'm going, well, if you're going to start the week after Thanksgiving, why don't you start in October? Why don't you start in, in even September if you really wanted to? But, okay, October was your original start date. Why don't you start in October? I thought you were going to make heads or tails and, and give me good reasons why. And here yeah. you are saying, well, if you're going to start on, on the week after Thanksgiving, what's to hurt you from starting on October 3rd?
3: That's why, that way you're in at least line with the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12. We don't need the Pac-12. I, I mean, the Pac-12 seems to be – in their decision they're not going to play that's fine but people yeah. the Big Ten blowback the PR the the ugliness of the last three weeks they, they should play they should play in October they, they I mean I, the thing I'm struggling most with and there's you know I don't know if your listeners know I live in Ohio too obviously just yep. picturing next weekend and the weekend after with Columbus not being a buzz with College football, like it is every Saturday, it's it's a big part of the livelihood here. I know Browns and Bengals fans aren't going to want to hear it, but I think Ohio State's the most universal program in the state, and it's not close.
1: Oh, well, both of those pro, both of those uh, organizations, both of the fans of those organizations, and I, hey, the Bengals have had a little bit of success here and there. Uh, the Browns have been mostly downtrodden over the last twenty years. They'll always say, "Saturdays my day; I get to really enjoy. Sundays the day of of, of frustration <laughs> and anger and." and pestilence and everything else. And then on Saturdays, Saturdays are the days you get to enjoy. So I think you're preaching to the choir when you bring that up, Bill. And I don't even think it's just an Ohio thing. Is Listen, there are Michigan State fans. There's Michigan fans. I know that you, you can't get every governor to go that way. And if we're just being honest with one another, not that I condone this, you and I are both from this state, and I had a conversation with a co-worker of mine. I'm going to leave names out of this where one of our other co-workers, they were shocked. That there was high school football going on in Ohio yesterday, and I and I said, buddy, listen, like we're from the same. My my buddy and I are from the same. He's in a more rural area than I grew up in, but there were certainly farms around where I grew up in. And it, I don't want to say they they deny these type of things. They wouldn't, but they got other things that they really want to worry about, and they're gonna they're gonna forge ahead and it's not like it is in Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, Toledo, Detroit, mm-hmm. that you know those areas where there's a lot of people that are, are spread out, and they might just decide that they're just going to have their high school football, and that's going to be the end of it, just like they may decide that they're going to have their high school basketball this winter, and that's going to be the end of it. And I wonder if what you're saying to me is, is true, and the Big Ten might sure. be trying to take a page and go yeah, maybe we made a big decision a little bit too soon, but they claim science. Well, I don't think the science right. necessarily changed out of nowhere. I don't think that happened at all.
3: Right. No, I didn't. And I, I think when you see a state like Ohio pull off Ohio High School Friday night, and we were all kind of—I was, you know—flipping around a little bit on on streams and trying to watch a little bit of a few games and. It, it, the best way i always explain it to people and i try not to get too sappy about it i mean football is literally who we are here it's it's the season it's the one we live for it's the one we talk about all year round um you no know, i've been around football my entire life whether it's been high school or covering it and i think i've worked in every corner of the state except that Youngstown area and uh been able to f- cover football games in every corner of the state but i know they play they take their football in Youngstown pretty serious too so it does not surprise me, and I think Ohio is leading that push. But like you said, they want to play in Nebraska. They want to play in Wisconsin. They want to play in Iowa. They want to play in Michigan. Michigan is probably going to get beat by Ohio State for, what, the 16th time in 17 years, but they still want to play.
1: I I, I wish it, – it, so is there a sincerity here? I could say I wish. Is there a sincerity that they really could play this thing in, in think, on, after Thanksgiving, or is that just kind of a wish by coaches and some of the other administrators there?
3: I think it's not it's – a, it's a wish and the sentiment's there, but I just don't know. I guess, like, it's almost like, what's the point? And I hate – I know I'm not sound, sounding crass doing that, but if the college football playoff's going to go on without you, I would work toward more trying to go with them. And, you know, because like I said, and I had somebody tell me this this week and couldn't be more true statement. If the SEC champion and the ACC champion are playing in the college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl – and the Big Ten's not involved in this college football season, and they're starting in Thanksgiving. It's not going to make sense, and it's still going to hurt in Big Ten country.
1: Could I – listen, could they have a conversation with the college football playoff committee with Bill Hancock? Because it's separate from Mark Emmert and the NCAA. Could they go, listen, if, if we play after Thanksgiving, we're only able to play five, six games. Would you consider us? Even though I say the week after Thanksgiving, there's, what, four weeks in December and you're going into mm-hmm. January, so it's going to be very difficult there. If you play – if you can get before Thanksgiving, where can we get where we can get a handful of games in where you would actually consider us? And I even if the college football committee said, Yeah and then they turn around and went, Not a chance in hell are we we ever consider There would still be a hope. There there would still be a hope to that because I I think I think some is better than none especially for some of these players. I don't I, I don't disagree at all with these coaches. If I were James Franklin, if I were Ryan Day, I would be completely freaking out. I don't care if they told me no a million times in any shade that their color or their face could actually turn into until they lost their breath. I have to fight for my players cuz every day I don't is another chance for a player to leave me. I have to do think if I'm those guys. If
3: if there's a target target number of games that I think you could make the case. I think if the Big Ten could get away with just playing their division, play six games, play a Big Ten championship game, play seven, it would be interesting. I don't know if the college football playoff will go for it because everybody else is playing 10 or 11. Uh, the SEC in particular is going to have a top ten showdown every week from September 26th through December 5th. But, I mean, do we need how many games do we really need to figure out that Ohio State's better than everybody else in the conference?
1: Not very. I don't need even. a lot.
3: That's why I, I said – I made a joke. I, I said they'd
1: go 4 I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bill. I made a joke yesterday. I said they'd go 4-0 and, oh and probably still get considered. Go ahead.
3: I mean, I don't know that we need more than a half to figure it out, honestly. They're that good. They're that loaded. Um, but, you know, you still want to see them play Michigan. You still want to see them play Wisconsin or Minnesota or Iowa in a Big Ten championship game. you got to have some validity to it. But, I mean, they are the team, as I've said all along, that's been most impacted – by this cancellation, because they had the team that's sitting there at number two in the AP pool, and they're not going to get to play.
1: I have conspiracy here for you. Bill Bender joining us, Sporting News, National College Football Writer. Follow him on Twitter at BillBender92. I have conspiracy for you. As much as athletics mean to universities in in terms of money, academics means that much more. They're saying after Thanksgiving. Now, if I'm not mistaken, do they or do they not have, in most cases, plans to get students off campus after Thanksgiving? Do you see where I'm going I mean, with that this? Would, where they could go, sense. you know what? Yeah, because I, I think a lot of presidents would look at each other and go, we'll live to fight another day when it comes to the whole college football national championship thing. We get our TV money, and we might get some fan money, depending on how that works out, even though I don't know if that's going to work out very well in December in a lot of these places. But we're still going to get our academic money from the students being in school.
3: Yeah, I mean, that that would be the financial play. But, I, again, I just think I look at it from a competitive standpoint. It's It's going to be – if that's what you're going to do, you're going to create more confusion. You're still going to get laughed at by the other conferences because they're going to be like, where were you in September and October? Um, why are you playing in December when it is colder? Um, but but I think, like you said, I mean, that's a way to get the money, to get the games in, to give people something. But it, it definitely, I mean, so they, let's play that out then. They play six games from November to January or whatever, and then they're just sitting there at the end. What, what do you do with them? I mean, they're not going to be in the playoff. They're not going to award some secondary national title. I guess you'd, you'd win a Big Ten championship. And it'd feel like, uh, you know, for Ohio State fans, I guess the reference point would be that first year of Urban when they won 12 games and it was great to win 12-0, but they didn't get a chance to play for anything else after that. That's And that would be your best-case scenario with this plan in a lot of
1: ways. That's such a weird forgotten season. Bill, I can't thank you enough for the time. I know you're busy during this time, so – Thank you very much. Enjoy the college football game tonight. I forgot I got it. I got the plus so I can put it on my computer while I'm watching the NASCAR race. And then I got all three. I'm going to have the NASCAR app, so I'm going to be listening to the in-car audio, the whole thing. Bill, I'm, I'm busting for how, how great tonight is going to be, my friend.
3: I am excited, too, Ken. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'll talk to you here soon, and uh, we'll keep it going. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you. Bill Bender, Sporting News, National College Football Writer. Follow him on Twitter at BillBender92. That I think is conspiratorial, but I still think it's true. That university presidents could be looking at this saying, hey, we're going to have our we're going to have our day. We're going to we're going to have a problem with this this year if we start after Thanksgiving. Now, I could look at him and say, listen, you guys might be pulling kids out of campus before that anyway. You guys have no idea how this thing's going to act. And I think that's good and common sense to, to think. I think a lot of people were probably thinking that when I brought that up with Bill and rightfully so. But I, I think that when you have these schools where it's not a state tuition for Ohio State, just because I'm kind of close to the situation, because my co host usually, during the week, it, it went there, you're talking about 50, even 60 grand in some cases for some out of school kids or out of state kids. If they can keep them on campus, you're talking per pupil, that's a hell of a lot of money that you bring in, way more than athletics could ever bring in in a year. So they may be looking at this can we keep kids on campus? Turn around and make a profit from that, and then can we get some of the television revenue back? That might be their plan, and maybe play for a college national championship in another time. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Worker shooting just over twenty minutes. Up next, the Ravens could handle Earl Thomas, and that's why they gave him the boot. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio.